How could people not understand that this is the most important thing? If they were to walk into the office the next morning and not say a word to anyone, I'm pretty sure the, the business would stop somehow. If they wouldn't send an email, they wouldn't say anything, they wouldn't speak to anyone, what would happen? And for me, when I realized, you know, it don't, this is really what internal communication is. It's the communication that flows, that, you know, drive people. That's, that's where the pulse is. And when I realized that, and I could hear that people didn't really understand that. They thought that internal communication was just the corporate news. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all the other stuff. That's where I felt like, my God, I need to make people understand how important this is. And everyone's actually doing it already. It's nothing new, but we can do it maybe better and more efficient. And I felt like it was important. And I think maybe that triggered a passion. Hi, I'm Paul Miller, and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. Our topic in today's show is how passionate people create the best digital workplaces. And I talk today to Linda Tinnett, who is in charge of the global digital workplace at iconic brand IKEA, based at their beautiful new headquarters in Sweden, and also to Kevin Olp, who until recently was Director of Creative Solutions and Digital Workplace at insurance company Northwestern Mutual, based in Milwaukee in the US. What comes through today, I feel, is the care, attention, experimentation and the sheer restlessness that both these digital workplace pioneers have brought to their very different organisations. Now for Kevin and Linda. Welcome everyone to this edition of Digital Workplace Impact and it's a, uh, a, an episode of Digital Workplace Impact that I'm particularly keen on. I'm particularly keen on it for, for two reasons – um, and one is that it's really about the role that passion and personal drive plays in creating compelling digital workplaces. And the reason why I'm keen on this, because I think it's such an important topic, but also because the two guests that we have um, today, um, Kevin Alp, who's the director of creative solutions and digital workplace at Northwestern Mutual, and Linda Tinnett, who is in charge of the digital workplace for IKEA, are both people I've personally uh, grown to know and enjoy the company of over over many years. So it's it's great to have you both, Kevin and Linda, on the show today. Great to be here. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Great. So, uh, as I say, that the, the subject that we are exploring um, is is really around the role that passion, drive, personal kind of ambition and characteristics like that play in creating compelling digital workplaces. And the reason why I wanted us to cover this is that what I've noticed is that there's quite a number of organisations that have really impressive. Uh, digital workplace collaboration areas, intranets, and 
the best ones seem to be marked by an individual who has helped make that happen. Um, and when I was thinking about that, um, two of the people that came to mind were yourself, Kevin, and and Linda, and the role that you've had inside your organisations. Now, this subject started several years ago for the Digital Workplace Group when we pr- published a report on intranet love affairs, as it was called. And it was really getting at that topic of, of passion in creating um, successful stories. But it's, uh, it's terrific to have you both on the show. And the question that I, I like to start the uh, podcast with, um, and this is for you, Linda, um, is before you started um, getting into the world of work, when you were at school, what, what did you think work was going to be like? What did, it, what did it mean to you before you got into uh, work itself? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, I actually didn't have an idea, I think. I just, I just remember that going through school and studying and studying business administration and marketing and communication and and feeling like it was about the, it was more about the content and uh, creativity around that that I thought was interesting, and then wanted to work in a company where um, you, I could feel like I contributed and and was part of something bigger and so on. But I don't think I had really a good idea of what it meant to be working as such. But then starting at IKEA, I, I started with internal communication, and I really felt that internal communication as such is so powerful and such a vital part of every company's uh, you know energy and and pulse and all of those things and and I think I had no clue that that was the case I felt other things might have been more important but for me I really felt that internal communication was the drive that everyone needed to be part of and that's where I sort of fell I fell in love in internal communication a little bit but I had no clue about that before I started to work. So it was more an accident, really. I thought it was more going to be the, the, the design and the, you know, the look and feel of stuff. But really what I fell in love with was the, sure. you know, the importance of making sure that people know and understand what to do. And that drives the business. But I could not have foreseen that before. So, Linda, this belief that you had that you fell in love with internal communications. Is that a Swedish way of thinking? I mean, you're at the global headquarters of IKEA. And if I think of iconic Swedish companies, I think of IKEA, Volvo. Is there something distinctly Swedish in the approach that you took? No, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't say it, but it, it, no, I don't think so. I think for me it was... Uh... It, I think it was the fact that working with internal communication, many people did, and there was a view on it, and there's a whole industry around it. But I didn't fall in, fall in love with the, the traditional content-based internal communication. For me, it was when I started to, I was sort of forced in a way, or asked to explain the importance of certain internal communication and why should we have that? And how should it work? And what was the benefits? And when you started to dig into that, behind the content, behind the corporate news, behind all those sort of 
surface things or message things only, but really look at the, the flow of information between people through systems that are really making the company go round. And you understand that that is a little bit like the pulse. That was the internal communication that sort of attracted me. And then I felt like if I can be part of supporting that information flow, making sure that those conversations can happen, make sure that all types of communication, no matter what mm. it is, whether it's checklists or to-do lists or meeting minutes or whatever, all of those are available for the people who need it when they need it, then I can make a difference. So I don't know if it's me or if it's Swedish or if it's also the company I worked in that sort of asked me to really explain why, but that somehow made me think about where do I really contribute? And I felt like making sure that could work in a good way. That's where I could make a difference. And and that's a very unusual way, um, at least, you know, going back um, a, a few years to think about internal communications. I mean, one of the things that I'd say that the functions probably struggled with is, is, is at times being seen as potentially a little bit peripheral or as a, an adjunct to the organization. But you were really kind of seeing this as, as part, you called it the pulse, the heartbeat of the organization. And, um, and I think, you know, in, in hearing what you're saying, you know, you can also hear the kind of, um, if you like, the subject of today, the kind of passion and, and drive. Did you, did you always have that? Or was it that you, you kind of saw this opportunity inside IKEA and it, it kind of um, sort of energized you? When I realized that, uh, you know, Everyone coming to an office every day need to receive information and contribute with information in order to get any work done. And that that is really, truly the, 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 the pulse and the energy that drives us. And of course, the content and everything is important as well. But it's all that unstructured, uh, not really visible communications that's happening, that that really have an impact. Understanding. That, I think, uh, an understanding that I could influence it mm. and no one else saw it. And I, and I remember I, I, uh, when, I, when I understood that and we really looked at it, for me, it became so obvious that, you know, how could people not understand that this is the most important thing? If they were to walk into the office to next morning and not say a word to anyone, I'm pretty sure the, the business would stop somehow. <laughs> if they wouldn't send an email, they wouldn't say anything, they wouldn't speak to anyone, what would happen? And for me, when I realized, you know, it don't, this is really what internal communication is. It's the communication that flows, that, you know, drive people. That's, that's where the pulse is. And when I realized that, and I could hear that people didn't really understand that. They thought that internal communication was just the corporate news. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all the other stuff. Mm. That's where I felt like, my God, I need to make people understand how important this is. And everyone's actually doing it already. It's nothing new, but we can do it maybe better and more efficient. And then I felt like, I don't know, that just sort of triggered something like, this is so, I felt like it was important. And I think maybe that triggered a passion. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got this, that's such a compelling vision that you've presented there. I, I, I wrote down the silent company. Imagine if you yeah. went into the company, into your company, any company tomorrow, and it was just 
perfect silence. No, no written communication, no audio communication, and 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 work would would stop. But but the the, the thing that that struck me when when you and I first met, and I think it must be, it could even be ten years ago. I, yeah. I'm thinking, and I mean the thing that struck me is IKEA is a is a huge global company but when i when i met up with you and I, I and i saw you if you like in action inside ikea is is there was this level of kind of drive and determination and almost what i put down in my notes here you were kind of bewildered that the organization didn't function the way you felt that it could and should and <laughs> and and it, and it seems like um i suppose i'm wondering what what is it that's kept you as motivated today as as you were you know certainly when the first day i met you um 10 years ago yeah yeah that's uh, that's a good question i think uh one one thing is that i i really truly believe in this that uh the power of communication within a company is extremely important and there's evidence for that like every day but I also think that what kept me going is I, I was fortunate enough to be able to very early on uh, start to explore how how digital tools and virtual tools could really enable that communication in a, in a different way and was really given a lot of freedom and, and responsibility to explore what that could mean for our organization. And that in itself was, of course, also really, really fun because that world has changed and moved and it went from being, you know, web page-based intranets to interactive workspaces and the mix of corporate messaging with social networking. And the change that happened, you know, from year to year has made it, like, never boring. And I have this feeling like... There's always so much more we can do. We could, you know, have better technology support, but we could also have more confident coworkers, and we can also make sure that the right information rises above the the noise and and so on. So I feel like it's an area where it's something that sort of comes from a person. It's communication. It comes from a human being, but mm. in relationship to the technology, there's always this constant change that makes it exciting and, and moving. And I think I think it's the move and the change that keeps the interest up. But I also think it is because of the element of of being uh, really a people-based capability to be able to communicate and make your voice heard. There's something around that that keeps it. Mm. Absolutely. And, and, and Kevin, I imagine you're kind of longing to... Um, uh, enter the enter the conversation here because I, I I know that the, the some of the things that Linda's been saying I'm sure are, are, are kind of resonating with you. But just just before we get into that, Kevin, could you just tell me for yourself and um, and you've been uh, in a significant digital strategic role at Northwestern Mutual for for a while, um, but before you got into the world of work. Um, what was it that you expected from work? Well, I think it's it's similar in many ways to Linda's story. I think there's a lot of commonality there. Uh, my perception of work was shaped very early in life. Um, I watched my dad, who worked in management in the trucking industry here in, in the States, and I grew up watching him leave for work every morning at about 6.30 a.m., arrive back home at night about 6 in the evening, um, his company worked three shifts, so from time to time, 
the old landline phone that hung on our family room wall next to the kitchen would ring, and he would be on the phone for an hour uh, problem-solving something or other that had come up while he wasn't there. Um, so um, I, I think, really, I've, seen, I've always seen work as something that was integrated within my life rather than something that was separated and boxed into set-defined hours. And so with that in mind, um, just like Linda, it's been important to me to find work that meant more to me than just a paycheck because it is a part of the fabric of my life. Okay, and that's in- uh, so that's so interesting. And could you just explain your own role and 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 the work that you do at Northwestern Mutual? Well, I have to admit my my formal title is a pretty fun conversation starter at parties. Uh, I've spent the last seven right. years as the director of creative solutions and corporate initiatives here at Northwestern Mutual. And what that means in plain language is that I run our in-house creative agency and I sponsor corporate projects for my department, communications. So I'm in the same part of the organization as Linda is. Um, what these things ha- all have in common is that they center on experiences. So I like to borrow a quote from one of my graphic designers because I think it's It really captures the essence of what we do. When I first interviewed her, I asked her what made for a really great video. And she had the greatest one-sentence answer. Uh, She said that a great video doesn't just tell a story or deliver information, but it makes you feel something. Uh, Specifically, uh, what the storyteller is, is seeking for you to feel. And so creating those feelings, those experiences, is what my job is all about. And for the last five years... That's included projects dedicated to the engagement of our workforce and the development of our, our digital workplace, including our core intranet, uh, the digital commons. And um, just just explain to people what, what you mean by the digital commons. So the digital commons for us is, is traditionally what, what we've called our, our intranet. So our, we uh, used to have a, a flat HTML uh, page intranet. Uh, it was... Uh, launched in 1997 and won Nielsen Norman Awards in as le- recently as 2002, but we really hadn't invested in it. Uh, so about two years ago, we embarked on a journey to uh, uh, make it more than just a place where we kept information and delivered industry or corporate news, but rather a place where people went to connect to people, to connect to their work, and to, as well as connecting to information. Um, it serves as the core. Uh, we see it as the, the hub, the core of where you access everything else that you do behind your your computer screen at Northwestern Mutual or your phone screen. Mm. And and do either of you have a, an example of something in that that you that's sort of stayed with you over time? Because I mean, organizations um, sometimes remember and, and recount the stories that have been told and i just wondered if there's anything that 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 comes to mind that that kind of illustrates that you know at northwestern mutual our our big story comes from way back in our history uh when we were very early as an insurance company of course an insurance company is all about collecting premiums and then uh and then a community of people who are protecting each other to protect against that catastrophic loss um we had a a very early claim within the first couple of years of the starting of our of our uh, of our company where uh, one of our largest policy owners was riding in a train uh, and a cow came out in front of the train caused the train to derail and the and the this very early policy owner lost his life 
and uh, and the story goes and is passed along from generation to generation that the president of Northwestern Mutual at the time actually went and took out a loan uh, personally backing that loan in order to ensure that that our very first claim was paid and paid in full. And so that that's a story that allows us to be able to build culture and and uh, and tradition here at Northwestern Mutual because it it allows us to be able to kind of back up the the concept that you know our policy owners come first uh, with a story. It strikes me that in both your organizations, and I've experienced this myself, having been at your offices in Sweden, Linda, and in Milwaukee, Kevin. There appears to be a real sense of the history, the stories, and the the principles that underlie your organizations. And I wonder whether in some organizations they've somehow lost a sense of their own story and its importance. And one thing that I'm thinking, and maybe you could pick this up, Linda, is I can hear the appetite you both have for the work that you do, which is why I wanted you both on the show today. But how has your passion and drive shaped the digital workplace experience at IKEA? You know, it, it, it took me several years to realize that I was part of developing it uh, because I was just doing the things that I needed to do to make sure that people can do the work better and we had better information flows and the channels actually worked. And, you know, and then I think it was someone who said, yeah, but, you know, you've been part of this for a long time. I'm like, yeah, I have. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of my ideas have been important, but it took me quite some time to really reflect on that because... I was so into it uh, and I felt um, felt that it was really rewarding to see that we could make progress and we could make things happen and but yeah I, th- I think I think if I if I look a bit a little bit from outside I think I've been part of it for a very long time I think maybe that has been an important um, uh, factor I think being able to stay with it for such a long time in from different perspectives uh, as you know Paul I started off with a more um, communication parts and then it sort of expanded into the whole due to workplace and into devices and all kinds of stuff that we need to really do our work these days so I've been fortunate to sort of grow and develop with my work Uh, but being able to be with it for such a long time uh, then I think my commitment over the years and the loyalty to stay within the area at the same time as I was still being interested and passionate about developing it but the, the sort of persistency to stay for a very long time has, of course, I think, made it possible for us to evolve uh, steadily over a number of years. And there has not been so many disruptions, for example, if there were new people coming in, having other types of ideas. I don't know if my ideas have been the best ones, but I've been you know, fortunate enough to have really good people around me who have had great ideas, but maybe I've been helping them to make sure that they got heard and that we could incorporate that into sort of a long-term development of the digital workplace experience for our coworkers. So maybe that's my contribution. Yes. And, and just on that, do you actively build your teams with people who have a similar attitude or passion for the work as you both do? Is, is that an important part of the qualification, if you like, to be part of your teams? I might not have been looking for it so specifically, but maybe I should. Now, when you say it. <laughs> but what I have found challenging is that I have found that working in this area uh, have um, 
there's, there's a certain set of skill sets that you need to have. First of all, you need to think that, you know, you need to have a sort of high level understanding of technology. You don't need to understand IT in detail, but you need to understand the logic and the thinking behind it. But then you also need to have a pretty good business understanding and sort of how to understand complex relationships and organizational setups and, you know, uh, really put yourself in the position of of the receivers on that end and try to understand what is really their challenge here today. And then sort of take those both worlds and mix it into something that's possible to work with. And that sort of double-sided uh, uh, skill set or perspective or way into it, that is probably what I've been looking for. People who have that and it's easy for them and and really they feel comfortable with being both from a technology perspective and from a business perspective, those are, are the things that I'm really uh, trying to find. Those are very difficult skills to find <laughs> and to pinpoint and see if people have. And sometimes it takes a while before people maybe realize that, you know, this is not really, you know, I think either the business perspective is difficult or a technology perspective is difficult or they just don't think it's fun. But there is a level of fun. Those people who find it and understand that, and really, you know, think it's fun and, and get sort of happy and energized by working with it. Those people usually stay for a very long time, too. So maybe there is a little bit of passion behind that. still. So, yeah. Well, I think it is. And I suppose what I'm thinking also is that the, the, the passion is is the kind of magic ingredient. But it but it has to be aligned also with a, a, a decent level of digital and technology understanding an understanding of the business and understanding of strategy that, that it, you know, it, it, it's, it's pure enthusiasm on its own has to be also kind of underpinned with, with, with the, um, with the skills. I mean, Kevin, in your, in your side of things, um, would you say that you've looked for people um, in your, in the parts of the organization that you've been responsible for who have that, uh, kind of uh, combination and, and, and you're looking for that kind of passion, that drive in your people as well? Well, you know, Paul, that your question is is so cool because it's really a nature or nurture question, right? Uh, you know, is it something that's innate inside of people or is it something that can be brought out and uh, I think that I think that we hire and, and try to bring people into this movement at Northwestern Mutual who have the technical skills with the with the uh, assumption that there is passion within everyone if you can find a way to be able to tap into that if you can find a way to be able to to find what really gets them excited about it would you say that the qualities that you've got have really helped bring about the kind of digital workplace acceleration that that's happened at Northwestern Mutual and 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 how's that helped achieve your objectives if you like well i don't know i guess you'd i guess you'd have to ask the people around me to to find out whether or not you know it it was something special or magic and what i brought to the table but what we do is fairly simple you know we start with purpose and company strategy everything that we do has to drive elements of what our company is trying to accomplish in our, in our case it's helping clients to achieve financial security so they can live life differently now now that's that that's cool for us because that goes beyond our team and everyone at the company really has a common interest in that and so you start to build kind of that broad base uh so you know our employees need to operate in a dish, in an increasingly agile manner and our digital workplace needs to provide 
an experience and framework for them to be able to do so efficiently. So that means that our job has been to help everyone in the organization to see those connections, to see that linkage. So that goes to you know our executive sponsors who need to help their peers and our C-suite to support our work. It goes to funding committees uh, whom provide the resources for us to do it. Uh, related projects that need to operate in an integrated way so they can achieve uh, success together with us that's greater than what any of us could have done on our own. Um, Our teams who deliver the innovative approaches, including vendor partners who bring us the industry perspective, and finally, users who need to make the difficult commitment to changing the way they work in order to be able to make this whole digital workplace piece come together as a reality. Uh, So at the end of the day... It's about people changing, and and that is something that I think as as they start to catch the fire, you need lots and lots of people who have passion across the organization to be able to make it both happen and also be sustainable. That's um, that's so interesting. I mean, I suppose one thing that I've noticed about both of you, and you probably it's probably one of those things that when when I say it to you, you'll you'll maybe kind of go, oh yeah, I am like that. But but one of the things that I mean, when the term digital workplace um, started coming into use, and um, I, I and one or two other people started talking about it, and it's probably um, about five or six years ago now. Um, and one of the things that I noticed about each of you was that you were curious about what this digital workplace was about and and whether it had relevance for the organization so one of the kind of characteristics that i've seen in you uh in each of you has been this this kind of curiosity um is that something that that you cultivate um is it something you're aware of um linda does that ring a ring a bell with you yeah <laughs> now now i get like maybe yeah but it but it is uh but i think uh, yeah maybe it is curiosity it could be i haven't really thought about it like that but what i i uh, i have this uh feeling that you know when when you know new information comes to me and you see new trends or things happening what i probably do kind of quick is that i i try to evaluate you know, will that be a benefit for us, our organization, for our digital workplace experience? What is it? And everything that makes logical, good sense to me, I, I'm very interested in understanding more. And I think that it's a workplace approach as such. When it came, it was really just, you know, fitting to a bigger puzzle where I, it felt so natural. It was, I don't know if it was my personal curiosity, it was just that it, you know, this is good, this is great, we can move on it. I think maybe that's one ability also to be able to spot what, what is sort of really the things that's worthwhile spending time on and uh, how could I bring this in in a good way or is this something that probably will not last and stay? But maybe it comes from curiosity. We could be right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Kevin, any thoughts from you on that? I, I'm just sitting here. I'm listening to Linda, and I'm having a personal epiphany uh, because <laughs> I know the last five years of my career here has been among the among the most engaging, among the most rewarding that I've had in a in a fairly long career. And I do think curiosity probably has something to do with it. It's it's a uh, it's looking at how we do work. Um, and how it's changed and how digital workplace has the potential to change that 
exponentially over the next over the next decade. Um, I I was. Uh, I'm just. I'm going to date myself. I I was still in the in the world where uh, when I went out early in my career and came back to the office, I had a stack of pink slips on my desk, which were message slips on calls that had come in when I left. And you think about how different our world is today from that, um, where you know you can stay connected wherever you are. Um, it just it's that curiosity perhaps is part of what makes my passion and drives my passion. Yeah, I mean and and the thing that's occurring to me is that this whole digital workplace is a is a very new it's like a kind of green field. It it it's, you know, depending on when you kind of chart the start of it, 1850 or 2010. Um it's 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 new. And so if you can bring some kind of passion and drive to that and some insight and curiosity, there's always there is the opportunity to in this industry to shape things, to affect change, um, to bring about new ways of working inside the organizations. I mean, I've been watching a, a little bit the the um, advent of Facebook into the enterprise through um, what's now called Workplace by Facebook. And I think the the interesting part of that to me is the experiences that organizations have had with mobile and the ability to bring um, knowledge, news, communication, um, collaboration to people who are, if you like, in the kind of front line. And in a way... I'm thinking that's going to change culture. It's going to change hierarchy. It's going to change the way things are. And I, I think um, in both, you know, for 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 people like um, like us who work in this industry, this it, there is something about charting new territory. Um, and I can hear that in 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 both of the um, you know examples that you're you're you're, you're kind of mentioning. I, that's I see that as as a as a big part of it. Another piece that I that I um, is that there's also an opportunity here that I think Linda and I would both love for our companies to be able to grab onto, um, and and you know because we're entering a, a very turbulent time in so many industries. You know, senior leadership at most organizations are developing strategic plans today to position themselves for success during a period of digital disruption. Um, but it is those organizations that truly appreciate the role that workforce passion and engagement plays in digital change um, that are most likely to see those strategic plans successfully implemented and sustained within the organizations. You know, if you ignore the role that your workforce plays, if you don't invest in their digital experience, you know, you, it's a fair question to ask to say, how can they your your workforce then deliver a great digital experience for your customers, and I I don't know about you, Linda. I know at uh, at my company, I, I see the potential uh, to be able to really grab onto this opportunity, and and that's part of what what gives me that that drive as well. Yeah, I agree. I can definitely feel that uh, that there's a there's a drive and there's a need now to really make sure that our coworkers have, you know the digital workplace experience to be able to meet the customers in a good way. And, and it's, uh, you, you know, I've always felt that I've had good support, but I feel now that there's also a, um, a strong uh, need and, and drive and, uh, you know, 
pressure also of, uh, to really make sure that we deliver at a good way. So we could really uh, accelerate uh, maybe the, uh, the experience and then the tool set and everything for the coworker over the next couple of years. But of course, needing to do that in a good, sustainable way, making sure that it supports the business and not disrupt the business. So, yeah, totally agree. And it really does, um, I, I think, you know, in a way I was wanting to um, perhaps dig a little bit more into each of your characters, but I think that's all coming through in what you're saying. In fact, what we're talking about is almost like the intersection between drive, insight, passion, and and this evolving digital workplace. And I, and I suppose, in a way, all the organisations that... that um, the, the, well, the, the the two that you work in and other organisations like like yours do feel a an urgent need to transform the way they work, um, transform the experience that people have of work, transform their relationships with their customers, their supply chain, and and the digital workplace is right at the heart of that. Mm. So um, I think, uh, and you know, and I, I see this that 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 a leadership level. Um, see that um, and one thing that kind of struck me and I, and I wondered whether you know because there is there's so many more people coming online and you know the statistics around it are you know that billions and millions of people more are going to come online and and obviously if you can change people's experience of work you really change their experience of living mm. because you know for better or for worse uh, work takes up quite a lot of people's lives um, so one of the things I'm just kind of um, uh, wondering about is um, what, how, how do you each feel that you can kind of cultivate, a, you know, for, for sort of younger people coming into your organizations, the, the, the kind of drive and um, determination that you, you've both brought to your, your organizations? Well, I can, I, can start, I can start with this one. When I'm when I'm working with people on my team and and who I see to be our future leaders within the organization, I I, I try to share with them three principles that I try to live by. Um, and the first one is to have a point of view. Uh, if you if you feel passionate about something, you know, spend time on your vision. Stay connected with the industry and others so that you know what others are doing and why they're doing it. And at the same time, make sure that your point of view um, has an alignment in some way with with the company that you work with and the company strategy. Secondly, uh, I encourage people to have have both courage and also to have brains. Uh, so you know, what that is is you're you're constantly in a position when you have a vision that that people are. Uh, put you in positions, you know, because they have their own visions as well, where, where they, they, they put you in a position where you want to compromise your own vision. And, and what I tell people is don't sell your vision out lightly, but at the same time, be pragmatic. Know that success is a combination of offering the right solution and also at a time when people are ready to hear it. The third uh, principle I try to live about by is, is probably the one I'm most proud about is and careful to try and make sure I'm consistent to is caring about others and their successes. There's there's really very little that any of us can achieve completely independently. And when you help others achieve their success, karma often pays you back double. Mm. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, and no, that's beautif- beautifully put. And um, um, Linda, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, no, I wish I could just borrow maybe your principles. <laughs> I think they were good. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, because I agree. I think those uh, are really, really important things. And I think um, maybe adding to that is about um, what I try to do with my team and with people around me is to, of course, involve, but also to encourage to take leadership. Uh, both for themselves, for the task ahead, for the for the business at the right level, you know, that's in a balanced way that's good for them and for the company as well. You know, transform because I think that young people come in today to the workplace and they take a lot of responsibility for themselves and they have different ways of working and and they do that, but they they lead and take care of themselves in a slightly different way than maybe a little bit older people are. And it's about finding that balance. How can I support all types of people coming in and make them work well together and still making sure that they are uh, being able to work, uh, you know, in the way that they prefer and in a good way so they feel comfortable at the workplace as well. Leadership on many different levels, mm. I think, uh, where I can maybe support. Mm. Yeah, and I, I suppose that the, the difference today in in the digital world of work is that is that you, you might, somebody might have wanted to have that um to take that kind of leadership role and bring some of the things that you mentioned, uh, Kevin, the courage, the brains, the heart. But in a way, the organization was set up in a way that really didn't really kind of enable that or even want that. You know, if we say that the Industrial Revolution produced was about producing uh, parts of the machine and did that, you know, really successfully, and the Digital Revolution is uh, is about almost kind of accelerating the potential at every place that it happens um, to create a much, uh, a much stronger collective experience and benefit and value, um, then, you know, there are opportunities to sort of realize these ambitions. One of the things that kind of um, always sort of uh, really intrigues me and and I've seen it from McKinsey and one or two other people is that, you know, you look at the kind of global physical trade and, and global physical trade is is basically plateaued and probably declining a little bit. But the, the unrealized service trade and digital um, economy is is a, a, a completely different level. And in a, if we could realize that at, at a global level, um, as uh, economically, the the additional um, value that there would be in the world is 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 huge, and I think it's all about trying to exploit, as you are trying to do inside your organisations, trying to exploit that potential on a slightly more trivial level. Kevin, when you were talking about courage, brains, and heart, and I can't remember the fourth one, but it it sort of reminds me: aren't those the characteristics of the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> They are. They are. <laughs> so is that is that your favorite film? It, it it may not be my favorite, but it may be the first one, first movie that I remember seeing that that gave me insights into into being. Wow, mm-hmm. into being. Now that's 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 interesting. So so you mean the kind of characteristics that uh, what makes for a good life? Well, every every character within the Wizard of Oz. Uh, has has something that they either have or are lacking, um, and uh, mm. if, if you ever want to really ask a, a nasty interview question to to really get some insights, um, is is to ask the person that you're interviewing 
which person on the Wizard of Oz they they most identify with. Mm. Because it's really, if you think mm. about it, it's a very difficult question to answer mm. because every question, just like, like in real life, every question, every answer to that question um, provides insight into what perhaps you think one of your weaknesses might be mm. because they all have them in that. Yeah. Do you have, Linda, any examples from within Ikea where you feel... You know, what I see as this sort of magic ingredient that you each bring to your work has really uh, made a, a, a difference. Is there an example of a project that was struggling, um, something that you were you were wanting to achieve and, and, and you think through your own kind of um, drive that it, it produced results? I'd just be really interested to hear that. Hmm. I quite early on realized that, you know, if I need to fight for every single digital tool or channel that's going to be implemented, that didn't really be, that really wasn't a business application related to the business, you know, but, but an intranet or a Skype for business or, or stuff like that. And I had to fight for all of them. It would be a, a tough, uh, a tough battle to fight. And what we did kind of early on when digital workplace entered sort of the sphere of, of, of our industries, I'd say, was that really talk about what would digital workplace really bring to the company from a ability, a capability perspective? What would people be better at by doing? So I think one of my strongest inputs, influences into this is to work with this about what we have, what we call our digital workplace capabilities, where we describe that what we really, what this workplace at IKEA is really about is about making sure that people can network better, that they can communicate better, that they can plan and organize better, that they can access any business application in a better and more efficient way. To really put that foundation into place and then sticking with that and putting all of our projects on the map related to those capabilities, showing how that makes people and groups and the company better at those capabilities and sticking with it. I think maybe that's where I've sort of really been a little bit stubborn and, and really stayed by that. But that has also created a much better foundation and platform for any kind of improvement that we wanted to do. And Kevin, um, any you've had much longer to think about the question now than uh, than Linda. Um, any, any examples that come to mind where you feel something was struggling, something wasn't happening, and, and through this kind of secret source that you bring to it, uh, in my opinion, you were able to achieve something that that uh, that's really stayed in your mind. Well, I, I'm actually going to use a, an example within our very own digital workplace effort. Um, our digital commons team, and if you remember, the digital commons is our our core intranet. It has a we have a symbiotic relationship with our collaboration team, who is responsible for, among other things, our, our Yammer installation here at Northwestern Mutual. Without the initial success, Yammer got off the ground before the Digital Commons did, and without that initial success that the Yammer team had in digital collaboration, I'm not even sure we would have gotten funding for the Digital Commons. Um, but we did, and once we did, once we delivered, we then helped to put people's personal feeds right on the front page of the DC, which which really helped to, to drive increased widespread adoption of Yammer. We've got an incredibly uh, large percentage right now. I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but a, a large majority of our folks are, are active on Yammer. So we're coming towards the end of the show, and it's been fascinating to understand the way each of you think about things and the approaches that you take. My instinct was 
that you would both have a lot in common and I know you haven't physically met yet, but I've certainly been able to hear the chemistry and the similarities. But a question I like to end with, and I'll start with you, Kevin, if that's okay, is what is your perfect working day? What does a perfect working day look like for you? Oh gosh, that's a that's a that's a fun question because they're all so different. Um, I would say that a perfect working day for me would be um, any day when I have the opportunity to do more listening than talking. Uh, if I'm listening, uh, I think then I know that I'm working at my best. I'm I'm asking the right questions. Uh, the people that I'm with, my peers, they they trust me enough to be able to be candid with me. Um, if I'm with my team. Uh, and I'm doing more listening than talking. I know they're confident and they're leading on their own. Um, and uh, the benefit for me is that I'm, I'm, it's a day of learning for me more than a day of talking. Hmm. Okay. And, and Linda, what, what's, what's a, a perfect working day for you look like? I agree with a lot of things that you said, and I, and I can add to that. I also think a good, a good working day is when I feel like um, uh, things are moving, we are making progress, people are happy, people feel like they're contributing, problems are solved at the right levels by the right people, and everyone feel like they contribute and, and make progress, and I, and I leave work that day feeling like, yeah, we're doing something good, we're making a difference, we're working in the right pace, people are involved, people are happy about the work that they're doing. And uh, yeah, you know, when I feel like we're moving, that's uh, that's a good day. Yeah. Well, thank you. And um, I mean, what's fascinating in both of your replies is that the 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 thing that makes for the perfect working day for each of you is if you like, it's the experience of other people and and what you see happening in them. Um, you know, Kevin, if you're seeing uh, that the team are working well, so you're listening, you're absorbing, you're kind of noticing and and, and, and a similar in, in, in what you said, Linda, and that's that's really uh, inspiring. So I really want to thank both of you for uh, making such fantastic contributions to the show today. So um, thank you both very much for being on to um, Kevin Alp. Director of Creative Solutions and Digital Workplace at, at Northwestern Mutual, and to you, Linda Tinnett. Um, sounds a bit odd saying to Linda Tinnett. <laughs> to you, Linda, uh, Director of Digital <laughs> Workplace at, at, at IKEA, and, and thank you, Kevin and Linda, for being such fantastic guests on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy, supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.